The content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Ready, set, go! And the truth shall set you free! Welcome to One Life Radio. We are indeed going higher, everyone. Welcome to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Piazzetti with Jerry Caldwell and Mary Holland. We are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Jerry, Mary, how you doing, everyone? <laughs> I'm good. Hello there. Happy New Year. Yes, yes, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You know, uh, I'm, I'm live from Washington, D.C. I'm just a couple of blocks from the White House. It's almost surreal to be here and doing the show with you, Mary. We've got so much to cover, but I, I feel like I haven't talked to you in such a long time. And so how was your holiday? Was it? Did you have a, a great Christmas? I did. I had a restful Christmas to New Year's, and I'm revved up to go for a new year. I'm hoping that we see a lot of real positive movement this year. Bernadette, oh, I'm psyched. Yeah. Oh, gosh, me too. Me too. And I'm just excited to be here. I am and excited to be in Washington, D.C. Uh, but let me introduce Mary Holland for people that are listening, maybe perhaps for the first time. Mary Holland serves as president and general counsel of Children's Health Defense. She left the faculty of New York University School of Law, where she served for 17 years, most recently directing its graduate lawyering program. Mary received her Master of Arts in Juris Doctor degrees from Columbia University and her undergraduate degree from Harvard. She has worked in international, public, and private law. Mary is the co-author of Vaccine Epidemic and the HPV Vaccine on Trial, Seeking Justice for a Generation Betrayed. You can find Mary at childrenshealthdefense.org. That's childrenshealthdefense.org. Okay, so Mary, you know, like I said, I am just a couple of blocks from the White House. Uh, I could throw a couple of Josh Allen passes and probably hit the lawn if I wanted to. <laughs> and speaking of Josh Allen, I hope you like that way. You know, let's talk about the first story from The Defender. The, he- the first headline reads, what caused Damar Hamlin's cardiac arrest? Experts weigh in. The story is still making head- headlines around the globe. What are the experts saying about his injury, Mary? Well, you know, he was 24 years old. He collapsed on the field. There was a tackle, but it was a pretty routine tackle, and he then clearly suffered cardiac arrest. Fortunately, he's still alive. He's, I think, still hospitalized. Um, It has been established that he was vaccinated. Um, We don't yet know for sure what the cause of this healthy 24-year-old's cardiac arrest was, but it's definitely you cannot rule out that it was a vaccine injury. But what's really troubling, Bernadette, was literally within minutes of this man live on the air at an NFL game having a heart attack, Um, Big Pharma was out there on Twitter saying it's a particular type of rare heart condition called commodio cordis. And that was Mm -hmm. a lie. It's very, very, very improbable, according to cardiologists quoted in this article, that it was this particular thing, commodio cordis. It's quite possible that there could be other factors, but it's very possible that it was 
myocarditis induced by his COVID vaccination. There are over yeah. 200 peer-reviewed studies about how COVID vaccinations cause myocarditis, particularly in young men. Um, <clears throat> and we know from studies that have been done in the European Football League that <clears throat> since 2021, when the shots were introduced, there has been a tremendously higher rate of cardiac arrest among sports people. And one of the things that we've learned, according to specialists, is that basically if you have heart damage from these shots, if you get myocarditis, a strain to the heart muscle, you can't exercise vigorously for six months. And some of these people may develop myocarditis and they don't even know it. Brenda. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think what's the only thing that's good about this, and it's tragic that this, that this man suffered this heart attack, but the, the, the positive thing is that that now people really are talking about this. It was live on TV. Healthy 24-year-olds don't collapse of a heart attack, especially athletes who are super healthy. So I think people are starting to really wake up of, like, what is going on and why are they denying this? And how can you say that people who say that it could be a vaccine are far right or that there are conspiracy theorists? Here's a 24-year-old healthy athlete having a heart attack. It doesn't add up. Well, you know, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Okay. I watch everyone. I've been a Bills fan for years. And so it's kind of funny. I'll tell you my personal experience. I usually am I'm watching the game at kickoff. I get ready. I get all my snacks out, you know, I'm all ready to watch the game. And so that particular evening, Monday night football, because my washing machine's been broke. Remember my Maytag is only one year and 40 days old when it broke. Um, oh. I was at the, I was at the laundromat. So I got back um, like right after it happened. And my daughter's boyfriend was working on his car uh, and um, he came running in the house. Did you hear what happened? And I was was just getting ready to turn the screen on, turn the TV on. And I said, no. And so he told me, I turned the screen on and he told me, and at the same time, he, and I'm talking, this was in, like you said, within minutes. He's a young man, so he's all over, you know, social media. The Twitter was coming in, that it was the coma, uh, comatito cortis, that that was the reason. I said, I don't know about that. I said, I'm, I'm suspicious of the vaccine because if I'm not mistaken, like, Almost, I think it was mandated. It was mandated, right? That the NFL, all yeah. NFL players, oh, yeah. had Absolutely. to get the vaccine. Only the guys that had the guts to stand up, like Aaron Rodgers and Cole Beasley and a handful of others, that said, "No, I'm not doing it. I'll retire first. I actually think Cole uh, Cole Beasley retired and then came back out of retirement. I meant to look that up before we went live on the air, but I didn't have time. But this is the the first thing I thought of was that, you know, like, oh, my gosh, this is the vaccine, because it was so reminiscent of the film, The Real Anthony Fauci, and just player after player, professional athlete after athlete just dropping dead on the field, right, or collapsing on the field. And I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And, of course, you know, the young person, my, 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 uh, my daughter's boyfriend, you know, was looking at me kind of strange, and I'm like, no, it's definitely a possibility, but it's so... Like you said, it's like kind of like the elephant in the room, and you that all three of the commentators were you they you could tell they were so uncomfortable, like they didn't know what to say. And I do think that they were immediately influenced by the NFL and social media as to what to say because 
They didn't know what to say, Mary. If, right. I don't know what do you say on television. Why do you say? It's, it's, right. it's completely unprecedented. Sadly, Bernadette, it's becoming fairly common to see people on TV just keel over and collapse. It's becoming not yeah. uncommon. But until 2021, we've never seen such a thing, ever. Well, it's crazy. It's never happened in 103 years of NFL history. This has never happened because they're padded up, and especially across right. the breastbone, and they're they are checked out so extensively before they play ball because, you know, that the, these things Exactly. Um, their assets. They they're very true. careful with their assets. Yes. These people and, are super healthy. Right. And this, too. If, if he wasn't in the middle of an NFL game, he probably would have died in his sleep or whenever it was. I, I just think he was very lucky he was actually playing at the time that it happened, if indeed it is a vaccine. And there's so much about this story. They're not even addressing it, right? Can we right. talk about that? Let, let's talk about that for a minute because that's very important. Well, I think what it's very interesting, Bernadette, I think that the mainstream media and the pharmaceutical industry are trying to set the narrative immediately. And so right. as soon as this young man collapses on the field and people on Twitter are saying it might be the vaccine, which is a very reasonable hypothesis, 95% of the Buffalo Bills was vaccinated, immediately the trolls come on to say, no, 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 it was Commodio Cordis. They have no knowledge whatsoever. It's a lie, but they were saying that within minutes. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to both lie to the public and also silence the public by saying, if you think that this could be a vaccine, you are a conspiracy theorist. You are an anti-vaxxer. You are vile. You are far right. You are fringe. I think we have to see this for what it is, is that this is both propaganda and censorship. And you and I have been talking about this for a long time now. This is just a continuation of this pushing of the narrative. The vaccines are safe and effective. The vaccines, the boosters are safe and effective. They're safe and effective. They're safe. Even if all the evidence is to the contrary. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are talking about this. I have two friends in particular that are both very astute scientists in different fields of science. One of them, uh, I I don't want to describe what they do. I don't want to give out any information unnecessarily, but both of them think that there's a connection to the um, the COVID-19 vaccine and testosterone has something to do, the level of testosterone, whether or not you have an effect. That's just a hypothesis. It's not actually proven scientifically, scientifically, but the point is everyone is talking about this. And then, you know, I've argued with people um, several times in the last, uh, since Monday Night Football game last week, um, that, uh, that people say, oh, this happens. Some ex- 29 athletes a year die you know, from this exact, uh, you know, uh, diagnosis that they're trying to give this, this, uh, uh, you know, it's a Latin term and, you know, it's apparently a very rare, uh, heart condition and it's genetic congenital, you know, they just pulled it out of the air. There's no basis for these commentators within minutes to assign this as a diagnosis. What doctors do is they make a differential diagnosis, and they they say that certain things can't be the case, and then they try Mm -hmm. to narrow it down. Nobody could really do that within minutes, and yet a narrative was put out there immediately by pharma and mainstream media that this is what it was. That was just an out 
outright lie, Bernadette, which, again, people need to be aware that the media will stoop to just straight up lies to keep people from asking questions. Of course, it's a possibility that this was from a vaccine injury. Of course it is. It's well known that myocarditis at this point is a side effect. There are 200 peer-reviewed articles that myocarditis is a side effect of COVID shots. So this is just disinformation. This is what they're trying to make a crime for doctors. This is what mainstream media is doing. This is straight up disinformation. Yeah, it is. We need to go to break. Well, let me finish with this. Okay, so this commotio cortis, okay, this particular, so they're trying to see this happens, the numbers, the actual numbers, Mary, 29 times typically in a year. But since the COVID-19 vaccine, and it's in this article from the Defender newsletter, I just, uh, where, did I, where did I put it? Where are the numbers? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is a study that Dr. McCullough did of the European Football League. So in, uh, until in 2021, there were 1,598 cardiac arrests. Before that, there would be 29 per year. I mean, that's mm-hmm. almost, <laughs> that is just, yeah. I, I can't even count how many times that is, Bernadette. That is yeah. just like five, you know, 50 times more. It's, right. it's, it's, it's astonishing. Yeah, and out of those 1,598 cardiac arrests in the in the football leagues, uh, 100, uh, 1,101 were fatal prior to 2021. The average number of cardiac arrests was 29 per year. But the, this is, I'll end with this, and we'll go to break, and we'll be right back. Uh, Dr. Alan Still, the NFL's chief medical officer on Wednesday, told the press that the NFL is investigating every possible cause behind Hamlin's cardiac arrest. In the statement, he listed that comioto cordis, as a possible cause, along with potential congenital or other abnormalities, he did not mention vaccine-induced myocarditis. And to me, that's nearly criminal. Uh, it, 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 it must be addressed. And so, as unfortunate as it is that that uh, Demar Hamlin collapsed on the field and is probably permanently injured, or at least I think it lasts for 12 years, they say. That's what I read anyway, that the damage from these vaccines can last as long as 12 years. I don't think we know. Bernadette, that's one of the tragedies. We don't know what to expect, but certainly we can expect this man's football career is over. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go to break live from Washington, D.C. on One Life Radio with Mary Holland. We will be right back. Stay tuned. Health, freedom, news, and views with the president of Children's Health Defense, Mary Holland. One Life Radio will be right back. Hey, everyone. I have to share a story about how amazing Terraflora Advanced Care is for gut health. So my friend Liz contracted a debilitating intestinal bacterial infection about a month ago. Her doctor told her she could have died if left untreated. He prescribed a strong antibiotic that treated her infection, but unfortunately left her with terrible stomach bloating along with other intestinal issues. I recommended that she take Terraflora Advanced Care to help her replenish the good gut bacteria lost by taking the antibiotics. Liz said she could tell the difference in her gut immediately after taking the Advanced Care, her stomach bloating went away and she could feel her gut working the way it's supposed to. She says Terraflora Advanced Care has been a game changer and she won't go without it. I hear stories like this all the time about Terraflora Advanced Care and all the Terraflora probiotics. I have been taking them for years myself and I encourage everyone to visit Enviromedica.com to see their full line of probiotics and find the one that's right for you. That's Enviromedica.com. 
back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell and Mary Holland. We are broadcasting live from, da- uh, from I almost said Dallas, Texas. We are broadcasting live, well, from Dallas and Washington, D.C., I should say, on iHeartMedia as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. We have Mary Holland continuing uh, our most read news and views of the week uh, from the childrenshealthdefense.org. If you're just now joining us, Mary Holland serves as president and general counsel of Children's Health Defense. You can find her at childrenshealthdefense.org. Okay, Mary, the second headline reads, latest Twitter files reveal Biden officials colluded with Twitter on widespread censorship of medical experts. What are the Twitter files, Mary, and what has been found in the most recent document dump? So since Elon Musk took over Twitter, he has basically turned back on their censorship policies, and he's been exposing what had been done under previous management. And what was being done, Bernadette, was that Twitter was following orders literally from the White House about censoring people. And as this article points out, uh, as Joseph Mercola points out, these Twitter files really show us what the deep state looks like. And literally, mm-hmm. the White House personnel write an email to Twitter and say, hey, you need to get rid of Bobby Kennedy's post or children's self-defense post. And we've seen both of those specifically by now. And then Twitter just does it. They ask Twitter to suspend 250,000 Twitter accounts. This is how fearful the deep state is of information mm-hmm. and primarily mm-hmm. truthful information. So the only good news here is that, A, this level of censorship has stopped. The Musk team is reviewing their policies now broadly. But the other good thing is this is coming out, and there are people in Congress now in the House of Representatives who are intending to have hearings about the collaboration between Twitter and the FBI, which is unlawful. Mm-hmm. It clearly violates the First Amendment. Well, you know what uh, Marie Early and I noticed uh, was that uh, since Elon Musk took over Twitter, within a week, our followers, because we've been shadow banned and we've been censored on uh, everything from YouTube to Facebook, you know, for years for content, different things that we put out. But our when Elon Musk took over, our without even trying, our followers went up by like 125, something like that. Wow. Um, so, so clearly, yeah, without us doing anything, so clearly we were, you know, like I said, yeah. being shadow banned and, and censored um, by Twitter as well. And, you know, but there, this article is really, really good. And one of the things, you know, that it says that really was disappointing to me to hear, especially like I'm literally two blocks from the White House. And to read in this article this morning that, you know, the Biden administration, uh, you know, was very angry that Twitter didn't engage in more censorship. That's so disheartening as an American citizen. You know, I it's just, outrageous. <laughs> it's outrageous. It violates the First Amendment, the most fundamental tenets of our democratic government. I think we all have to realize how serious these threats to our government are. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading here that uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., you know, he put out a tweet, the Twitter, fi- Twitter, Twitter files. Part 8 reveals another layer of, layer of collusion between Twitter and U.S. Gov that included Twitter-protected numerous accounts and personas created by the U.S. military for the dissemination of propaganda, even in the Middle East and beyond. But 
you know, uh, it goes on to to say, um, I think it's David uh, Spike is his name on Twitter. Swag, said, yeah. also, yes, yes. Uh, by censoring, uh, uh, he he wrote on his Twitter uh, that by censoring that was what was true. Uh, that was true, but inconvenient to U.S. government policy by discrediting doctors and other experts who disagree and by suppressing ordinary users, including some sharing the CDC's own data. And it's just, I don't know, it's so crazy. How did this happen, Mary? How did we get into, how did we get to this state in the U.S. Um, that our government, including the Trump administration, is also both the Biden and the Trump mm-hmm. administration, right. you know, uh, had to varying extents uh, pressure Twitter to moderate the platform's pandemic content according to their wishes. Um, and that's in this article, too, from the Defender newsletter. It, it, it reads that. I think there's there's some longer trends, but certainly COVID and this notion that we were in this deadly pandemic and that the whole country had to be locked down and everybody had to be on the same page. I think we were all snookered by that, Bernadette. I think, you know, it was essentially a war against COVID. In wartime, as they say, the the first casualty of war is the truth. This is not a Mm. new phenomenon. It's just on slightly different battlefields. Yeah, it's it's very disheartening. But, you know, I think I thank uh, goodness. I thank God for people and like you and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. that are really, you know, getting the truth out. I don't know if you saw Joe Rogan is actually, you know, really talking about what happened. I, I have. And I'm, we're very excited about that. Joe Rogan <laughs> yeah. has a big following and he yes, really he gets it with well, the tweet that I saw that I really appreciated is he said, the idea that people wouldn't be upset that they were duped into taking poison, uh, you know, under the pretext that it was good for other people, that of course they're going to be upset. That's, mm-hmm. You put people's lives at risk. And what yeah. we're seeing is people's lives are still at risk, Bernadette. There are people who are dying suddenly, quote unquote, every day. Um, yeah, and he. Yeah, he makes the great point that he would not have the nuanced perspective that he did or does if it wasn't for people like Dr. Robert Malone uh, yeah. and Dr. Peter McCullough and you and Bobby Kennedy Jr. having the guts to stand up. It was episode number 1919 with Brett Weinstein, I believe. I retweeted it as well. And it feels so good to be back on Twitter and just, you know, uh, not Facebook and Instagram. I know I'm still being shadow banned or One Life Radio is um, by them. But it, I, I just, I don't know. You know, you remember when we talked about Elon Musk month, months ago and everybody mm-hmm. was a little skeptical as to what really his true motivation was? I feel like we need to make him a, a cape made out of the American flag. You know, yeah. as I sit yeah. here in well, Washington. He certainly, he's really turned things around on Twitter. And so kudos to him for that. I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful yeah. for what he's done. And let's not forget that some of this information also, Bernadette, has been coming out through the lawsuit filed in the West. Western District of Louisiana in um, Missouri v. Biden. It's not just um, Elon Musk, but kudos to to Elon Musk for uh, really changing the policy and supporting freedom of expression. And of yeah, the ab- absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I may make him a cape myself and send it. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm very thrilled about all of it. But let's go to the third headline from the most read news and views of the week from the Defender newsletter. It reads that the WSJ, which is the Wall Street Journal, uh, latest to suggest COVID vaccines may be fueling new variants. Mary, what is the current research suggesting about how the virus is evolving and could the vaccine be the cause for the new variants? 
Well, there were scientists at the beginning of the pandemic, most prominently uh, Geert Vandenbosch, who said if you vaccinate into a pandemic and the shots don't stop transmission, you will be fueling variants. And that's mm. what we're seeing. So we're, the newest variant is now called XBB15. And scientists are saying that it is more transmissible than previous mutations. And um, it's very clear now, based on, you know, scientific publications, that people who have been vaccinated are more likely to contract COVID than people mm. who, are, who have never been vaccinated. So there's a study mentioned in this article based on people in Indiana. And if you had been vaccinated, one in 15 people will recontract COVID. But if you've never been vaccinated, you are one in 33 people likely to get COVID. So it's more wow. than double the risk if you were vaccinated, which is fraud, Bernadette. In other mm -hmm. words, people really are the victims of fraud here. And I feel terrible for these people. I really do. I do, too. Uh, we need a break. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I recently, my, my uh, Mac. Uh, my uh, <laughs> my Mac broke. Okay, my Mac uh, uh, MacBook Pro uh, broke, and I found a guy that fixed it for only two hundred and forty five dollars. But he it took me a few more extra days to get it back. Because you're like, why is she going into this? Because he, he had three COVID vaccines, and he still got COVID, and he was very very sick. And um, anyway, I told him don't get another one, but he fixed my computer. But you know, case in point, he's had three vaccines, and he still got COVID, and. You know, we just need to we need to really open our hearts and our minds on this and come together as Americans and really, really, you know, just get to the truth once and for all. I, it's 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 got to the point where we really must do this, I think, in order to preserve our democracy as a country. It's that absolutely. Simple. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll go to break and we'll be right back. We are blowing through this hour with Mary Holland and the Children's Health Defense live from Dallas and Washington, D.C. We will be right back. You are listening to One Life Radio. Follow us on social media at One Life Radio. Crazy Waters benefits have a history that runs deep. The legend is that in 1881, a woman who suffered from dementia would sit by the well and drink the mineral water all day long. People began to notice that the woman was not so crazy anymore. Had the well gotten rid of her crazies? The well became known as the Crazy Well and people from all over flocked to this magical place. Back in 1904, the famous mineral water company began bottling and distributing its mineral water. The benefits of these minerals all feed your body and mind what it craves. It's a natural sports drink without all the disruptive artificial flavors and sugars. You can find Crazy Water by visiting their website, drinkcrazywater.com. That's drinkcrazywater.com. Want to advertise on One Life Radio? Send us an email, info at oneliferadio.com. Contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back. All right, everyone. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Study with Jerry Caldwell and Mary Holland. We are broadcasting live from Dallas, uh, Texas, and Washington, D.C. on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. We are going over the most read news and views of the week with Mary Holland and the Children's Health Defense. Org. Okay, Mary, the next story headline from the Defender newsletter, most read news and views of the week reads, here's the COVID vaccine injury report CDC was forced to release. So, Mary, what does the report show? 
So this is a terrific piece by <clears throat> social scientist Josh Gutsko, who's really been following the data. And what he finds is that the vaccine adverse event reporting system that's jointly controlled by the FDA and the CDC shows clearly 770 safety signals. And there are five, another, and what does that mean? It means that there are causes of death and causes of neurological and cardiac disease. And these are very clear. And 500 of these safety signals are, have a higher risk level than myocarditis, which has gotten some levels of um, attention. Uh-huh. And the injuries that people have been suffering from COVID vaccines are twice as likely to be serious injuries as anything before. And there are 96 safety signals for 12 to 17-year-olds. There are 66 for 5 to 11-year-olds. Um, these are very clear and the FDA is still hiding their analysis. This is the CDC's analysis that we really, through a Freedom of Information Act request, provoked them to issue. And so we will now be working very hard to get the FDA to show us their data. And this is so troubling, Bernadette, because from the beginning, before they came out with these vaccines, The FDA and the CDC were telling us, oh, we're going to have fantastic surveillance. We're going to be watching this more closely than anything we've ever watched before. Right. And it's just nonsense. They absolutely have not done that. And what we see in this really good, thorough article are are side effects, these signals for cardiac, neurological, pulmonological, thromboembolic, menstrual um, signals, and for death. It's just lie. They've just been lying to the public that they were actually surveilling this, and they've been lying that these products are safe and effective. They know they're not safe. Well, yeah, and so, and I'm reading here in the article from the Defender newsletter from ChildrenHealthDefense.org that the FDA has refused to release their data mining results. How can they get away with that? Well, we're going to make sure that they don't. But they <laughs> have been. They have been hiding. They've been hiding. Well, and what do they have? So they're hiding. What do they have to hide? If, if, they're, if they're doing things honestly and openly with the best interest of the American people, what do they have to hide? Well, like if the they were doing that, table? they would have nothing to hide, Bernadette. Exactly. But if they're not doing that, if they've been dishonest, uh, then they have a lot to hide. Yeah, no, I think they do. Uh, and, and, you know, the, well, and, and then in, in this article, too, where is it? Um, I circled it. it. It addresses why people are saying, well, the reason you know, that the, the numbers are different now. The comparison to the myocarditis and the pericarditis, where is it? Um, oh, that here's, here's what they're saying, that um, this is responding to the objections, okay? So the objection is that anybody can report to theirs, right? And that the reports are unreliable now because the anti-vaxxers made a lot of fraudulent reports. No, they're probably just making them for the first time. Before all of this happened, People didn't even know what VAERS was. Would you agree with that statement? Absolutely. And and this article goes through the five main objections to the vaccine adverse event reporting system, that it's a voluntary system that people, you know, might falsely report. And he demolishes every single one of those objections. These are clear safety signals. They are obvious. This is the primary source for adverse event reporting. It's the only one that's truly available to the public. And they're simply ignoring the safety signals. So, People do need to really think about that. Wow, our government sees that this is causing injury and death on a widespread basis. It's completely unprecedented, and they're lying about it, and they're doing nothing. That's the Mm -hmm. reality that we're in.
Yeah, no, it is the reality that we're in. And it's all connected, you know, big pharma, uh, you know, a, a big tech. I mean, it's all connected. We're going to get to some stories here about 5G here in a couple of minutes, but it's all connected. Even how to redesign our food system. It's all connected, which is our next story from the, it's our fifth story that was written by Dr. Joseph Mercolin and the headline reads, what's really behind the plan to redesign our food system. So Mary, could the food is medicine revolution be a plot by corporations and the Rockefeller foundation to control even our food choices? Sadly, yes. Uh, sadly, yes. So the White House had a food conference in September, and it sounds fantastic. They want to end hunger and increase healthy eating and exercise by 2030. But when you get into the details, what this is really about is integrating food under health and human services, changing the standards, getting as many people onto federal assistance for food, and then basically forcing people essentially to eat genetically modified patented foods that are absolutely not very healthy. It's completely mm-hmm. changing human nutrition. Um, yeah. They're totally changing the rules of what it means to eat a healthy diet of good food. Well, uh, you know, according to the Epic Times, there's a great article about countering the threat of global food homogenization. Uh, and it's about patenting life. The ability to patent living organisms has had a devastating effect on food production and crop diversity. And this is something that else that we, we really need to you know, keep a focus on our food. We can't survive without food and water. You know? We can't survive without food and water. And there are definite ongoing activities to restrict access to healthy food and clean water and clean yeah. air. So people do need to really understand that this is, as you say, a multi-pronged effort to move the human population towards a much more centrally controlled, much more totalitarian world. Yeah. What do you think the solution is? To just get back to the, to uh, small farms, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's part of the solution is, you know, to buy local, to buy organic, to start growing your own food. All of those are the things that we need to be doing. Yeah. It's pretty scary. You know, um, and a, a minute ago, a couple minutes ago, we were talking about the FDA. And right now I was citing an article from the Epic Times. And uh, on the cover story, this is to go back to the FDA just a little bit, says healthcare workers, I don't know if you if you saw this, Mary, but healthcare workers cry foul on FDA claims it didn't prohibit ivermectin. You and I both know that's not true. They did. Uh, they absolutely pro- did. They said it was horse paste. They made fun of right. anybody who'd use it. Oh. And they went after the doctors who were prescribing it. And they brainwashed the American people into believing it. I have right. a friend who, um, who uh, I won't go into any details, but... I remember an argument that she and I got into <laughs> about it, and she's like, you can't put horse medicine in your body, Bernadette. You know? <laughs> and I was like, uh, it's not horse medicine if you would let me explain. In fact, it's one of, it's Nobel Prize, right? Uh, right? What, what was it? Tell me a little yes. bit about yes, yes, yes. the Yes, uh, yes, The Japanese discoverer of ivermectin got a Nobel Prize. It's, it's one yes. of the most essential drugs in the world. But it, they can no longer make money out of on it, right? Because it's no right. longer it's no longer under now. patent. That's correct. Right. That's right. Well, and the other thing is, we- it threatened the ability of all of the drug makers to get emergency use authorization for the vaccines. Because if there was a licensed, available, safe alternative, they could not have gotten the emergency use authorization. 
Yeah. It's also crazy. It, I mean, it's really, <laughs> it's also crazy. And now the next article, we're back to Twitter here again. Uh, the headline reads that the U.S. government demanded Twitter to spend 250,000 accounts, including journalist Mary, what do we need to know about this story? Well, this is covering the work of Matt Taibbi, an important journalist who's been covering the Twitter file story. And what he chronicles is that the intelligence agencies, the FBI in particular, infiltrated Twitter very early. And once they came, it was impossible to get them out. So Twitter was around since like 2005, and, uh -huh. and the FBI was there, and then it just continued. Yeah. You know, um, 2005, if we have time, I'm going to go back, take us all back to January 2003, you know, over the holidays. I don't, Mary, I, we haven't talked in weeks, but I basically found my, my, two, my two daughters' baby books that have been missing for 14 years. And in those baby books, one of, one of it was this, this, uh, this little handout from when I took, her to, took one of them to the pediatrician. I believe it was my youngest one. Um, so, or no, it had to be, yeah, my, my youngest one. Um, and so the facts about childhood vaccines, and it is from uh, vaccine.top.edu, and it's a Q&A, okay? And it's from January 2003. 2003, if we have time, we'll go over it. It's very comical, I'll just say that, in a very sad, sad way. But to get back to the U.S. government uh, demanded Twitter suspend 250,000 accounts, including journalists, what else do we need to really be concerned about um, in this, uh, of what's going on and what's covered in this article with big tech? Well, we just have to understand that big tech has put itself at the disposal of the government to be the propaganda and censorship mm -hmm. arm of the federal government. And right. we cannot have a democracy if we are going to eradicate a free press. The job right. of the press is to have great skepticism and to absolutely hold government to account. And if the media doesn't do that, if big tech doesn't do that on places like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and so on, we are really sliding down a very slippery slope mm -hmm. very quickly towards a totalitarian form of government. Absolutely. And and oh, we need a break. And how many of us, what will we do without our cell phones, right? We all communicate with our cell phones. Uh, and that's something we're going to be talking about after the break. Oh, my gosh, my adrenaline is so high, but I am so enjoying this conversation. And I hope everyone out there listening is as well. And, Mary, I hope you are as well. But we're going to go for a quick break. More coming up with Mary Holland. Most read news and views of the week from the childrenshealthdefense.org. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to One Life Radio. Make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at oneliferadio.com. In today's environment, books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge. Children's Health Defense Publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences, often at the expense of their careers. Here are the latest must-reads in the fight for truth. The courage to face COVID-19, preventing hospitalization and death while battling the biopharmaceutical complex by true crime writer John Leake and prominent research cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone. And Cause Unknown, the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at skyhorsepublishing.com and listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's skyhorsepublishing.com. We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now. 
All right. <laughs> we are back. Welcome to One Life Radio. Uh, this is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell and Mary Holland. We are continuing our live broadcast from Washington, D.C. and Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Mary Holland serves as president and general counsel of Children's Health Defense. We are continuing going over the most read news and views of the week with Mary Holland and the Children's Health Defense.org. Uh, we've got four more stories to go. The next headline reads, mainstream media spun these news stories as conspiracy theories, but they turned out to be true. So political commentator uh, Kim Iverson reviewed the top 10 stories of 2022 that she said the mainstream media spun these as conspiracy theories, but now they turned out to be true after all. Mary, can you share a few of the stories that Iverson covered? Yes, she covered things like the trucker freedom convoy, the Twitter files, uh, opposition to lockdowns, a story about uh, Geert Van den Bosch, an important scientist, veterinarian early in the pandemic, saying that these shots were likely to fuel variants, the lab leak theory, all of these things, which are all true, were labeled conspiracy theories to marginalize mm-hmm. them. Yeah, or that they were safe and effective, right? We all know that's not true now. <laughs> right. Right? <laughs> well, and, and the and, CDC has admitted it, and yet still they advertise and pretend as if they oh, are safe and effective. It's oh, such a kind of gaslighting. It's making people so confused that they really yeah, don't know is. what to do so that they'll just follow authority. That's what happens when people get just brutally confused. Yeah. Oh, and I have to say, you know, uh, you know, last night I was watching the Packers game, Aaron Rodgers, uh, and they unfortunately lost. I'm a big, huge Aaron Rodgers fan. But uh, during the breaks, Mary, there was like vaccine commercial after vaccine. I mean, it was just like it was sick. It was just so many of them. Also for shingles is too, like shingle vaccines, all these different vaccines for things that we have been dealing with for years. You know, shingles has been around for years and years and years. And if you keep your immune system strong, uh, you can you can definitely avoid it, but it's like when does it stop? Where does it stop? And when you see all the uh, you know big pharma you know advertising on big games like that, like that was a big game last night. I mean, I watched it to the last second, and uh, you know you just have to ask yourself, you know, why is big pharma spending so much money to advertise all of these vaccines? And it's because they're making a lot of money. You don't spend money on advertising if you're not making money to pay for it, right? Right. Well, no, they're making money. And also people aren't buying them. People aren't taking them. They need to fuel the demand because there is not natural demand. People are getting the message. People are not going to get the boosters, Bernadette. And that's great Mm -hmm. news. Yeah, it is great news. And, you know, uh, we've got a couple more minutes. We've got three more stories to cover. Okay, so our eighth most, or your most, your eighth most read story of the week is the WHO, which is the World Health Organization's Cancer Research Agency, to assess 5G health risks, but not until 2025. Okay, so Mary, why is the World Health Organization, uh, j- first of all, just now agreeing to assess the health risks of 5G, and uh, and not till 2025? You know, it makes me feel personally that we're being used as lab rats in a global study on 5G. <laughs> We are. We are being used as lab rats. They, the powers that be globally have basically conspired so that good science was really suppressed about the risks of this low-level, constant 
radiation that we're all being exposed to. And although this International Agency for Research in Cancer of the World Health Organization is one of the shining parts of the WHO, in general, their research has been good, they have put off coming out with any kind of report until 2025. Well, the 5G rollout has been happening globally now since the beginning of the pandemic and before. So this is really sad. And um, we know that there are very significant risks from 5G, and we at Children's Health Defense are paying a lot more attention to them now than we have in the past. And we're trying to put in place reasonable regulations, Bernadette. We do know that there are serious health effects of this kind of exposure, electromagnetic exposure. Yeah, it's, it should concern everyone. It really should. Can you explain to the audience, Murray, what the C-Wave project is and what, what their objective is? Oh, not, not, not briefly. No, I really can't. <laughs> okay. That's okay. It's okay. I was, uh, you know, I, I, I'm looking at it right here and, and I didn't, I didn't have time to research it, but we can get to it another time. Cause it, it, it asks here, why is risk communication last on C-Wave agenda, but we can cover it next week. So much to talk about with this. Anything else we need to know about 5G and them not, uh, you know, examining the health Health risk. Well, I can tell you one thing that's on our website right now, Bernadette, is an action alert uh, regarding Los Angeles County. So they are trying in Los Angeles County to pass an ordinance that would allow the county to place a small cell anywhere they want on your property outside your window without even giving you notice. Oh, God. And we arranged for tens of thousands of complaints to go in and say, no, you need to do a thorough assessment of this. So a vote was postponed from December, and it's now coming close to another vote. And we're hopeful that the super, the Board of Supervisors of L.A. County will really stop and look at this as seriously as they should. And so just to say, we are really working on this issue quite a bit. There's also a really important lawsuit we're involved in in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, where the town actually has challenged Verizon regarding a tower that they play that was clearly harming the health of local residents. Wow. Wow. It's, it, you know, we just, we report on all these stories week after week, and it's just, I never stop saying, wow. It just gets, the lies just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And they the do. They do. And that's racket. what happens with lies, right? I mean, you need yeah. a lie to cover up the last lie. That's how it works. Right. That's right. That's why you never lie. You always tell the truth. <laughs> because the truth shall set you free, as Martin Luther King Jr. said, and the truth always comes out. The chicken always comes home to roost. My dad used to say that. I love that expression. Uh, we've got two more headlines to get through. Uh, and the last one is a bit one of the biggest stories. It's the biggest. But we'll go to this one real quick. The next headline reads, The Big Lie, <laughs> How Fauci Instilled Panic and Set the Stage for Lockdowns. Mary, what would Fauci have to gain by instilling fear and panic about the virus and encouraging a national lockdown? What does this story disclose? Well, fear is what motivates people, right? In this right. context, it was really inducing fear. And so this article that comes from the Brownstone Institute that's doing some really good work about uncovering all of the damage from COVID, it shows us a video where Dr. Fauci is speaking before Congress, and he creates these 
fear, fear mongering. And, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's a video that's worth understanding that, and as Bobby Kennedy's book, The Real Anthony Fauci explains, this is not the first time he's done this. There was the Zika outbreak, there mm-hmm. was AIDS, there was all kinds of other things where they've really perfected this every year, the flu season, the measles epidemic in 2015, they have perfected this art of causing panic of some kind of infectious disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the truth is coming out every single day, more and more, and it's and we're going to get right now with so Damar Hamlin to go back to that. So the final story headline uh, of the week uh, is the afterword to Cause Unknown, Ed Dow's pioneering exploration of sudden death after the rollout of COVID vaccines. As I said, Damar Hamlin collapsing on the football field last week is a similar experience to the subjects that Dowd highlights in his book, which I have right here. I carried it with me on the plane. How did Edward Dowd, or what did Edward Dowd want us to know in his afterword, Mary? Well, this is an afterword by Gavin DeBecker, who contributed quite a bit to this really special book. And I think you'll agree with me, Bernadette, this is one that everybody oh, should have. Everybody it's beautifully have it. researched. It's a beautiful book. And it basically first tells us the stories of these healthy young people who are dying suddenly, and it's unexplained. And then at the end, it really gives us the statistics proving that this is happening, that this is on a much bigger scale than during COVID. And then it walks us through the potential explanations, and really you come away clearly understanding there is no other explanation than it is these shots, and it, that there's no other explanation that really works. And, and that this, this afterward by Gavin DeBecker says, why are we trusting Big Pharma? We know better. 25% of drugs that come on the market as approved by the FDA get pulled from the market, and he gives us the example of uh, what was her name? Uh, Elizabeth Holmes, Theranos. Oh, it was a complete fraud. Oh. Com- she's in prison right now for criminal right, right. fraud. And then he gives us an example of Merck's Vioxx. Vioxx was pulled from the market. They set up a couple billion dollar settlement fund. They're bringing Vioxx back on the market now. It killed some people say 27,000 people. Some people say it was in the millions. It is really extraordinary what the where are we we know that pharma is not a truthful industry uh and yet here we are we seem to be believing them oh my gosh yeah what a great show oh my gosh so much to know so much to read uh you know i I don't know what to say except that america really please wake up read go to the children's health defense.org and get yourself in the know about all of these topics your health depends on it your democracy and your freedom depend on it mary thank you so much for jumping on the air with us today and uh i'm gonna go out and walk around washington (laughs) and enjoy it thank you bernadette (laughs) till next week all right until next week everyone thank you so much for listening uh and uh jerry thank you so much for uh helping produce the show today oh here we go you get one body you get one mind and you get one life defend democracy here in america please